Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on this Wednesday, April the 13th. It's Holy Week around the world for Christians as we prepare for Good Friday and for especially Easter Sunday. Some call it Resurrection Sunday. Ed Vitagliano joins me. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. So, Ed, um, this is a special week for Christians, right? That's right. This uh, this entire week is usually set aside for observances that deal with Roughly 2,000 years ago, the entrance of the King of the Jews and the King of all mankind into Jerusalem. And, uh, of course, as we know, he was rejected by those to whom he came, his own people. He was crucified for our sins, and that is what Good Friday is all about. But on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, Jesus was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So, this is a day. Uh, this is a week filled with. Uh, it's called Passion Week because that is it is the Lord's passion. There were the, there was great emotion because Jesus was fully human as well as fully God, and uh, but Christians also um, are observant of that in terms of their own. Uh, introspection, repentance, uh, celebration because of what Christ did on the cross and what God has done through raising him from the dead. By the way, Ed's microphone, is that, that's, not, that's not cutting out every once in a while, is it? Okay, because I heard some gaps there. I did, I did as well. I don't okay. know what the deal is. All right, I was talking, <clears throat> anyway, I happened to talk to our producer live on the radio here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, um, one question before we move on to the topics of the day. Uh, you mentioned that Jesus was fully human and fully God, right? Yes. And you, so therefore you said it was filled with a lot of emotion. That is that week. Yes. In other words, the human side of Jesus all was, it was fully human. So, you know, there were times when he was hungry. There were times when he wept, like at, uh, you know, when Lazarus died. Um, and so there was there was emotion. He wept as he came into the city, and uh, from the Mount of Olives, as he traveled down, it says he looked at the city and wept over Jerusalem because he knew what was coming. Judgment was coming to that city within a generation. But is this why he asked God if this if this uh, cup. cup could pass from me, let it be so? I'm paraphrasing now. In other words, he really as a human, didn't want to go through a crucifixion. Right. And, and a lot of times people don't uh, don't realize that, that the human part of him uh, did not want to suffer the, the horrors of crucifixion. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, it says in Luke, it says he prayed so intensely that he actually, I guess, burst capillaries in his skin and sweat blood. So that that was a wrestling against 
his own desire to live. And that's why he said that the God of this world, the, the ruler of this world, the devil, was coming, but he has nothing in me. In other words, I am not going to the cross because I'm guilty of anything. I am instead laying down my life voluntarily. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he asked his disciples, pray with me and, and for yourselves uh, so that you don't you know, suffer and fall into temptation. So that's, that's part of what, why we call it Passion Week, because there was, he suffered rejection, uh, you know, insults, and, you know, you talk about injustice, you know, a complete sham of a trial, all of this in one week's time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty an, a pretty spiritually amazing journey for the Christians to, Christians to take note of these yeah. things. Well, a couple of things, we encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. This, the, what Ed's talking about, you can find in the uh, Gospels. Uh, that by Gospels, we mean M- Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you can check that out. That's in the New Testament, and it won't take you long. You can read about what Ed's talking about uh, today. So, And then encourage you to be on in church on Sunday for Easter. Right. Uh, Easter celebration. A lot invite, of invite someone who may not know the Lord. Yeah. That sometimes people are more willing to go at Easter or Christmas. Especially and, if they're invited. Yes. If they're invited. I've, I've heard that happen many, many times. Right. People get invited and, you know, uh, they they go on Easter. Cause yeah. <laughs> they hear the gospel. It, it's a good, it's yeah. a, I, I mean, we, we have, it's, it's a little funny because yeah. uh, you have your Christmas Easter Christians, right? Right. But at least they go. Yes. And uh, some people will go on Easter and or Christmas who won't go any other time of the year, and that may be their the time they their lives are changed. Right. Right? With uh, hearing, right. hearing the message and receiving it and actually putting it into practice in their lives. All right, so it is Easter week here, Holy Week, Passion Week as Ed called it, all around the world for Christians. So we celebrate uh, that and we'll be t- t- talking more to Alex McFarland tomorrow about the resurrection, the, the, what, what Easter means, the resurrection in particular. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Fred, what's, it, ha- what's happening in the news? An interesting scene in Washington, D.C. this morning. And it relates to what's happening on our southern border. We've covered uh, that story ever since President Biden came into office. He basically... Uh, said it's uh, we have an open door policy in the United States yeah. now. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands have already come into this country illegally uh, because there's really no border wall anymore. It's actually two million. Yeah, close to two million. Since, since Biden is, took is place. the estimate. He turned the DHS into the welcome wagon committee. Basically, that's what has happened. Uh, uh. But uh, the state of Texas, which has borne probably the brunt sure. of all of this. Uh, Governor Abbott there uh, is not put up the white flag to all of this, is fighting back. One of the things that he announced just in recent days was he was going to start busing some of those who have crossed the border illegally, going to bus them up to D.C. Well, I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and they covered live the first bus from Texas arriving in Washington, D.C., and one by one, there were a couple of dozen people aboard this bus, and one by one, they were getting off. They had 
like little arm tags on, like you, if you're admitted to the hospital. Right. They had little tags on, I guess, some kind of ID on them. And uh, the officials that were traveling with these individuals, uh, they took a picture of that ID, and then they took a pair of scissors and cut that ID off and basically cut these people loose in Washington, D.C., but uh, by our uh, Abbott has said, Governor Abbott of Texas said, I've got hundreds of buses. I'm willing to start right now <clears throat> shipping all of those people out of my state. Yeah. Because I didn't invite them here to Texas. They're here illegally. And I don't expect the taxpayers of Texas to put out the welcome mat and we're going right. to provide for you. Yeah. Back to my point that I've made many times and I'm not the first to make it. You have to have law and order. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to control your borders. You can't just let people flood into your country by the millions and not know, uh, and not have them, you know, lawfully uh, enter. You just can't do that. But 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 again, we've mentioned many. But Biden and the Democrats don't care. Nope. But it's they don't got- care. And so so Abbott is saying, Governor Abbott from Texas yeah. is saying, listen, if you're just going to let. Our, if you're not, if you, Mr. President, are not going to protect our country by protecting our, our our border on the state, our communities, people are flooding into our our towns and communities here in Texas, and you don't give a rip, mm-hmm. Mr. President. And guess what? Uh, we're going to do all we can to send them to your house, so right. to speak, yep. so that you can deal with this problem, and not people of the state of Texas. Right. So. Carl, Carl Rove, who was a spokesman for the Bush White House, was commenting on this this morning on Fox and Friends. Cut number three. These people are the uncompensated care that is having to be provided by border hospitals, the social service net, net, network that is being stressed to the limit, the, the petty crime that is happening when these people come across the border and are desperate for shelter and food and water. All of these things are being felt up and down the, the border. There's a political impact of this. This is why the Texas southern border was one of the most uh, significant areas of movement from Democrat to Republican between twenty uh, between 2016 and 2020, because they're blaming the people, the Democrats, for having an open border mindset and and holding them responsible for it. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, Governor DeSantis has set aside twelve million dollars in Florida uh, because he plans to do the same thing. Right. He's going to round up these folks who are in the country illegally, and he's going to. I think he's mentioned Delaware, uh, Washington D.C., or or Wilmington, Delaware, wherever Biden's residence is. I'd drop him off. Yeah, out front there, wherever his geese are. You know, (laughs) the geese in his yard. Yes, yes. That's that's a little Uh, bit of a shot. I just took a shot at him. He took a shot by geese yesterday. (laughs) Yes, he did. I saw that. Speaking of shots, some it was some some bird, a pigeon, or something. Biden was speaking in Iowa in a barn. They say, yeah. Trying to blame Putin for the inflation. All his problems. And all of a sudden, uh, from the rooftop, <laughs> comes... Uh, Up, down from the rooftop. Comes, <laughs> plop, comes, plop, comes plop. A, 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 <laughs> a not-so-friendly gesture from a bird. Yes. And so I think that was a metaphor for Biden's presidency, quite frankly. And <laughs> even the bird was saying... Um, I don't believe you either. <laughs> and guess what? I'm Here's gonna, proof. Here's proof. And for those who are saying you shouldn't, that that's right. those kind of things happen. Let sure. me tell you, when President Trump was in office, you remember there was there was a speech he gave or something, and a fly came in. You remember? Maybe it was one of the debates, and a fly Actually, came in. Oh, yeah. Pence. Pence. Yes. Oh, was it, it was, Pence? It was yes. Pence in a debate, President, Vice Presidential debate. Yeah, yeah. and the fly just sat yeah. in his hair. Yeah. 
Oh, the left just went crazy <laughs> oh, oh, about yeah. that. Saturday Night Live had you, skits on yes. it. I'm sure they'll do something on so that. So hopefully, folks, you understand this is all good oh, natured. Yeah, yeah, but it was, it was like, it was like, uh, he, nobody believes him, and it was. I guess Biden's there, have, and he's he's in his numbers are abysmal. Nothing's going right, and even and he can't even give a speech without a bird. Uh, Drop you, it know, on you know what's what's interesting about this, I and mean, then we move on. But yeah. um, not just that with the bird. Yeah. But the fact is, you know, the Democrats have their own dictionary, and if you look up boogeyman, uh-huh. Vladimir Putin's picture <laughs> has been next to that word since pre- the days of President Trump. Vladimir Putin right. has been blamed for everything. Now he's obviously to blame for the invasion of Ukraine. But I'm talking about he was blamed for the election of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and he's being blamed for inflation. Today, I'd, I'm sure that there's some contribution because of uh, the, the specialties that come from that part of the world in terms of certain types of wheat and ingredients for fertilizer. But they blame him. If there was no Vladimir Putin, mm. the Democrats would have to take absolute responsibility yeah. for their own actions. Yeah, but people aren't going to buy it. No, the American uh, people, you know, gonna buy it. In, it's Putin inflation now, yeah, it's yeah. Putin gas prices. The American people aren't buying it. No, that, this right. was all happening prior to the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yes. Uh, and if people want to watch us on that their internet, what they need to do? Well, they can go to Facebook or YouTube and search for today's issues. That's search. the name of this program. Then you click through and you can watch us do radio. We also encourage people to download the AFR app to their smartphones or other portable devices. And you can listen to American Family Radio anywhere in the world, literally anywhere in the world, wherever you have high-speed internet and can get a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, You can also listen to American Family Radio at AFR.net on your computer because we Mm -hmm. stream the audio of all of our programming live at AFR.net. You can also find podcasts of programs that you missed at AFR. Next story, Fred. Well, 24 hours ago on this program, we were talking about the shooting on the New York subway that occurred yesterday morning. And uh, the details that we had then were basically uh, a man uh, opened fire on the subway as it was moving through Brooklyn, New York, uh, through some smoke canisters and then opened fire. Uh, 30 rounds is what we're told. There were a couple of dozen people who were injured, I think about eight is the last count I saw, were seriously injured. But now the uh, authorities say they have a person of interest uh, that they believe was involved with this. His name is Frank James. Uh, He has been known to be from uh, Wisconsin and has moved through Minneapolis. And what happens, what has led authorities to ID Frank James is that in the aftermath, uh, some of the the police officers found a set of keys. And the set of keys led them to a U-Haul van that had been rented in Philadelphia two or three days ago. And uh, in that van, they found uh, more canisters, uh, smoke canisters, that sort of thing. So they're now looking for him. Maureen O'Connell is a retired FBI agent. She was interviewed on Fox & Friends this morning. Apparently, they know a lot about Frank James. They have two housing addresses on him. She couldn't figure out why he hasn't been picked up yet. 
Cut number one. I actually was shocked this morning when I woke up and he was not in custody because I just, I just, with the resources being thrown at this right now, that them having two good addresses on him, he's got a pretty large social media um, uh, forward leaning uh, pages that, that everyone can watch these disturbing videos. Yeah. And I, I, there's just a lot of information. If it's if it's someone where there's no information, that's a totally different mm-hmm. deal. But in this case, I'm really surprised that they haven't found him. I'm not sure I understand that. I, I'm not in in law enforcement, so I, I would have to defer to her. She mm-hmm. she has worked with the FBI, right? Yes. I think that's what you said. But I mean, what if he's like holding someone hostage and is in an apartment somewhere that, you know, I mean, that could be possible. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that we found out, that at least I did this morning, was they've they've run into a bit of a roadblock in their investigation because the cameras were not working at that Brooklyn subway station. Oh, that's bad. You know, why? I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, so I, there were some things working against that. But I think they'll eventually <laughs> find this guy. The question is, as we discussed yesterday, what will the liberal authorities in New York do with this guy? Yeah. Uh, he apparently was on the FBI's radar over the last couple of years. He has had some rants on social media, kind of racist rants, that kind of thing. Uh, McConnell or O'Connell was asked. What do you mean racist rants? Well, against white people. Oh. uh, Against police, et cetera, et cetera. And O'Connell was asked about that this morning. Well, why didn't the FBI pick him up then? And she said, we can't. The FBI can't arrest everybody just when they're spewing things. I tell Uh, you, this. not a a merit for arrest. This narrative that uh, white supremacy is the greatest threat to America for that Biden claims, that's just not working out very well for them. No. Huh? They can't catch a break. No. You know what I'm saying? It's because just, you're saying because all of these white supremacists are committing so much crime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying they're non-existent. Right. I was being sarcastic. Yes, you were. And I, uh, and I, they're, it's just they, the, the lefties hope every time there's some MAGA, MAGA hat wearing whitey that's doing these yeah. crimes. And there are occasionally there are, yes, there are. Yeah. Sometimes they hang outside subways in downtown right. Chicago, for example. <laughs> yes. You know, looking yes. for, uh, actors, actors, black actors. Yeah. To walk black by gay actors. Yes. Uh, uh, do white people commit crimes? Absolutely. Every day, all day is that the white people are 60% of the American public or something like that. So there's, there's bad apples in every race. And ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, although I got to say, most of the crime is done violent crime. At least, uh, almost overwhelming percentage is done by males. If you want to do some kind of a breakdown of right, uh, you know what 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 folks uh, look like, so to speak. Uh, but the 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 reason I bring this up is Biden and the left wingers. Remember, they wanted to say, well, Biden said it. He said, man, white supremacy right. is the greatest threat to our country right now. Right. Mm-hmm. He said that, and he he just can't get any evidence going. You know, to That's prove, the narrative to, for the whole entire left. What? That, no. that white supremacy is the greatest threat. Yes. You know, government agencies, you know, right. documents were released all saying this. Right. And, and they just... Uh, 
every day. Uh, well, I'll stop. The facts right. won't cooperate with them. No. Yeah. The facts so uh, the, the point you, you made is exactly right. There are bad apples in every race. The problem with things like critical race theory is that that narrative posits that there are actually bad races. That's different well, than Well, there's one bad race. There's, there's, yes, <laughs> right. It's, there's, there's a difference between saying right. there are bad apples in every race right. and saying there is a bad race. Which, which is, is what critical race is, theory teaches. Right. Mm -hmm. which, which is, is why, why it's being rejected. Yes. Right. Uh, Former Vice President Mike Pence went to the University of Virginia where some students didn't welcome him. He was talking about this, Biden's assault on education. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit of that. And Fox contributor Douglas Murray responded. Cut number two. One of the most troubling developments this past year has been the Biden administration's all-encompassing assault on culture and values. Under the Biden administration, wokeism is running amok in our public schools and universities. Patriotic education has been replaced by political indoctrination. This is not just foundational because it's in the foundational documents that you mm -hmm. have the right to freedom of speech here in America. So also it was part of the custom. When people came to visit America in the early years, people like de Tocqueville, they always remarked that there was something remarkable about America that was unlike Europe. Right. That you had face-to-face -face interactions, that people who had different views would have them out in public and that they would allow the right ideas to win. So there you have it. And I, I think like what happened in Virginia last November, when people found out about the indoctrination in our education system and the suppression of free speech, I think this is going to be a huge issue in this election this fall, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be. Very well could be. Um, and, the, and just to close out the last segment, the reason I brought that up about Biden, <clears throat> uh, you know, saying that white supremacy is the biggest threat to our country, uh, it, it, that's just... LOL, as far as any kind of, in the realm of truth, right, um, is because the gentleman, well, he's not a gentleman, the suspect yesterday at the, at the Brooklyn mm -hmm. um, shooting where four, 15, 16, 17 people were injured. Was, by the way, was he inside? Yes. What was the, was the, uh, was the subway moving? The subway was moving. All the doors were closed. Okay, and he released some kind of a smoke bomb. Yes, he so did. So that people couldn't see what was coming. And then opened It's fire. a wonder nobody was killed. It is. Right. I mean, that he's just shooting rounds mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. Uh this uh if, you know, this fella. Well, he had rants on as you say on YouTube and other places I guess. This guy did the suspect who hasn't been captured yet, by the way, he's still at, at large. Uh Referring to white people as white, and I can't even say the two letters that would even come. Uh, I'm not even going to say that on on the radio here, but just just talking about white people, and it just made me think: if that had been a white person on the subway doing the very same thing, and it had had videos where he talked about black people or brown people in such a way that this guy talked about white people, mm -hmm. that would be the story of the year. Yes. Because it would only confirm what Biden has been saying all along, mm. that white supremacists are the, th the, the biggest threat to our country. Let me just throw in another thing here. The emergency alert that went out to uh, New York City 
wireless phone users said emergency alert wanted for Brooklyn subway shooting Frank James black male. I just want to ask them, well, what's a male? Can you define what a male is so we know what to look right. for? You can't always tell. That's another part of the left's that's, narrative. That that's duly noted, LOL. But, it, but it hits when it bumps into reality. Yes. Reality wins. Right. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Abraham Hamilton III on the way. I was injured at work in March of 2020, and I thought it was the worst thing that happened to me. And in that time being home, I discovered AFR, and I am so grateful for all your hard work that you do there. God is using American Family Radio to impact America. Thank you, and God bless you. You'll have an opportunity to help us continue to make a difference during our Spring share April 19th, 20th, and 21st. Join us. We're going to walk the streets of Colonial Williamsburg. Hello, everybody. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to see Colonial Williamsburg as well as Jamestown and Yorktown. Without those three places, I wouldn't be talking to you today. It's a very, very important place, uh, places rather, to see in our country's history. We're also going to be visiting our nation's capital, and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. Now, these tours, uh, Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, and then the separate one, Washington, D.C., and Mount Vernon, are two different tours, but they're back-to-back. So if you want to do both, you can go with us from Saturday to Saturday in June and September. For the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know, just go to spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Maria Balboa is working her way through college. She bags groceries at HEB in Corpus Christi, Texas. The other day, she was loading up a customer's groceries when she overheard a distraught voice. The woman only had $19 left on her SNAP card, and she was unable to pay her bill. Maria says almost immediately she heard a voice inside her head, pay for the groceries. That's what the voice said. At first, she ignored that nudging, but then she heard the voice again, and Maria decided to comply. She forked over $137. That's a lot of money for anyone these days, especially for a college student. A few days later, the store manager received a heartfelt letter from the lady in that checkout line, incredibly moved by the college student's generosity. Miss Balboa taught us all a great life lesson that day. When you hear and feel the nudging of that still, small voice, listen. I'm Todd Starnes. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Well, in the uh, American Family Radio versus CNN Plus, uh, American (laughs) Family Radio is up 14,000 to 10,000. Yeah. Yeah, explain that. That this is pretty I will. interesting. I will. CNN Plus, which is their streaming service, not their channel, right? Right. This is their kind of bonus uh subscription-based service that CNN started, which uh, is what was it? Wallace's Chris Wallace he left to go over there. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. Left a multi-million left dollar job at Fox, Fox with a huge audience. Yeah. Yeah. To go to that. <clears throat> to go to that and with all the resources and reach of CNN, they've only got 10,000 people so far that have paid to subscribe to that service, basically because nobody wants it. Right. <laughs> they can just be so blunt. And they're all Democrats. And, and CNN, yes, and the CNN itself is already... Oh, they're tanking. Pathetic. Yeah, they're, they're their numbers are pathetic. They didn't yeah. have the airports. They would be... No, the airports huh? are gone, too. Are they? Oh, the contract was expired. The airports? Mm-hmm. Where you're forced to watch it, uh, yes. sort so to speak. What I was saying was, next week during our charathon here on AFR, we'll have fourteen thousand to fifteen thousand families mm-hmm. who, who make uh, donations, right, to American Family Radio twice a year, and so uh, therefore I declare AF- <laughs> AFR the winner over the uh, head-to-head competition over, over CNN Plus, CNN Plus. All right. You're listening. Well, CNN Plus, what does that even? So I know you get to extra. You get to hear Joy Reid, even for even longer periods. I mean, who 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 would want? You'd have to pay me, right, to listen to that. And 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 it's going to have to come at a really good price. All right, so uh, some good news out of the state of Oklahoma yesterday. Fred, what was that? Good news is that the governor there signed into law uh, probably one of the strongest abortion laws against abortion. And uh, uh, just it is continuing a trend in Republican states across this country that uh, we are seeing lawmakers now being willing to pass these kinds of laws. A lot of it, Tim and Ed, thanks to what happened in Mississippi. That Mississippi case, which will be, uh, we should find out what's going to happen there uh, in the next few months. Uh, so it is, it is a strong movement across this country to finally fight for the unborn. Yeah, it's a blue state, red state thing. If you see what's happening, it is, is. for the most part. Abraham Hamilton the uh, third, who is a constitutional attorney, and he's general counsel for our ministry here at AFA and AFR, and his other hat. He's got multiple hats that he wears, Abe does, but he's the host of the Hamilton Corner. Each weekday afternoon, uh, the radio show on AFR from 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time. Good morning, Abe. Good morning. Abe is also a pastor. That's what I'm saying. He's got multiple hats. Yep. <laughs> he's got he's got father hat, husband hat, pastor hat. Gee, what, what, what are you preaching on this Sunday? <laughs> there's this thing you know that just shaped the whole world and eternity you know the resurrection you may have heard of it yeah you might preach on that huh <laughs> yeah hey uh hey uh this law that was passed and signed by the governor in oklahoma what what did it say do you know 
Yes, the Oklahoma law, um, and I have the, the the bill number right in front of me, Senate Bill 612, sponsored by Senator Nathan Dom from the Broken Arrow area, um, bans all abortions in the state of Oklahoma. The only exception is for uh, in to save the life of the mother, you know, and it would be interesting to see how that is defined, but the the expressed intention of the of the the bill is to ban abortions in the state of Oklahoma. Uh so I definitely applaud uh, the the Oklahoma governor and the legislature there uh that was passed overwhelmingly uh by the state legislature. I mean 70 to 14 in the House of Representatives brought to the governor's desk and this will uh this is almost uh in- invariably passed in light of the Mississippi law making its way up to the Supreme Court. Um it's clear that the Oklahoma state legislature expects the U.S. Supreme Court to uh, either minimize or overturn Roe versus Wade, which, as I know you all have have discussed at length, uh, will cause the issue of abortion to be be dealt with at the state level. So they are endeavoring to position themselves uh, to ban abortions in the state of Oklahoma uh, in the in the event that Roe versus Wade is overturned. OK, so. Uh, my question then is for all these states that, as I said, uh, red states that have been the last year or two passed very strong pro-life laws and in the past only to be struck down by federal courts across the country, most of them at least. Now we wait for the Supreme Court of the United States decision. Uh, they've already heard the Mississippi law the case there last fall, but the decision will be announced in June. Um, and so uh, the, the Oklahoma law, for example, if, if uh, you, if the Mississippi law, I know it's hard to uh, project because sometimes the Supreme court, you know, makes nuanced decisions, right. And mm-hmm. it, but do you think that there's a good chance that the, if the Mississippi law is upheld, that the Oklahoma law, for example, will also be ruled constitutional? I, I do. I do. Okay. Because if, if the Mississippi law is upheld, uh, obviously it depends on how nuanced the nuances get, of right, course. Right, right. Uh, but if the Mississippi law is upheld, it would be hard, in my view, uh, to strip to strip states from from the wherewithal of being able to uh, regulate or outlaw abortion outright if they so choose to do so. Um, so I do think if the Mississippi law is upheld, obviously the caveat here is how it is upheld. I do expect the Mississippi law to be upheld, by the way, uh, depending on how it is upheld. I think that would also uh, result in the Oklahoma law being upheld as well. All right. So that's good news. And uh, we, you know, this is the first real opportunity uh, in a long, long time that we've seen at the, that, uh, at the Supreme Court level that uh, we would get a reversal of the uh, uh, Roe versus Wade decision from 1973. And if, if that happens, again, I'm speaking generally, A, if that happens, then uh, what the Supreme Court would be sta- would be saying is that uh, we agree that uh, regulation of abortion should be a- allowed at a state level. Is that right? Is that what they would be yes. saying? Okay. Yes, effectively that would be the conclusion that this, the U.S. Supreme Court would rightly, in my opinion, 
recognize that the U.S. Constitution does not allow the Supreme Court to set national abortion policy, that this policy that would affect the, the, the health and welfare of the citizens of each state is best left to the state legislatures to make those determinations, which, as you've discussed and I've discussed before, is going to end up being kind of a, yeah. a blue state, red state divide. Absent a human life constitutional amendment, which we would all agree would be the best uh, scenario for that is to protect human life in the womb across the country. That's not going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. But uh, absent that, the most pro-life uh, stand we can have is for the Roe versus Wade decision to, in essence, uh, de facto, however you want to phrase it, be overturned, and then the uh, states be able to regulate abortion and, and and be responsive to their citizenry uh, ed don't you uh yeah because as abe was saying the constitution does not address the issue of abortion i think most fair-minded people understand that the supreme court in 1973 invented this quote-unquote right to privacy out of which the right to abortion was constructed was all created out of whole cloth or probably better to say, out of thin air. So that means it should go back to the states, which is where this uh, battle over abortion had been fought. It had been fought from state to state, and as the left frequently wants to do, they do not want to take the time to convince fellow citizens that their position is right. They want to institute these things by judicial fiat. They underestimated the the fact that there was a solid pro-life majority or at least minority in this country and the Supreme Court ruling in Roe versus Wade was not going to settle it. And we've been fighting fighting about it ever since. Yeah. Any, uh, any and, final, go ahead. It, uh, go I was going to say, and you, and, and you also can't forget the, the presumed coronation of she or shall never be president, which left those three, those two, and then ultimately three Supreme Court vacancies available for former President Trump to fill. Right. Uh, you know, they they so assumed that it would be a handing off of the baton from Barack Obama to she shall never be president. And <laughs> he likes saying that. Oh, yeah, that name is banned on the Hamilton corner, by the way. Um, <laughs> I love that. They, they, they assumed that that would occur, which is why it wasn't any urgency in terms of filling those, those uh, Supreme Court seats. So that all left open the door to get us to where we are today, where there is actual real possibility of yeah. seeing Roe versus Wade uh, filed into the dustbins of history. I, I just want to say, too, congratulations to the pro-life groups in this country who have kept up the fight. Yeah. Right. Amen. They deserve, you know, there were times, I've right. been here for 25 years now, and there were times when you would wonder, you know, how is it that they right. keep going? Right. Because court defeat after court defeat uh, and the, the left taking the power that it does, the left being so anti the unborn, and they kept up the fight. So right. I, I just want to congratulate them for those who are listening out there who have gone out in front of abortion clinics, have counseled women uh, who are going in there. Well, And there there have been men and women who have done that now for years. Yeah. Right. Years. That's, that and, and all the people who stayed with it and uh, kept up the fight for life uh, politically yes. and in government right. and on a statewide level and also in Washington, D.C., Mm -hmm. And, of course, as Abe cited earlier, uh, President Trump's three appointments to the Supreme Court. As he promised. As he promised, we're all pro-life uh, 
uh, people who uh, ju justices who agreed to send to the overturn Roe. Well, they didn't say they were going to vote to uh, overturn Roe versus Wade, but that was their philosophy. That was their ideology. I would just say this: President Trump did the best he could, right? Mm -hmm. Given the recommendations he was getting, because he's not a constitutional expert, nor am I. They, who he was getting to fill those vacancies, he did the best he could, did President Trump. Of course, this is not a done deal yet, and, and we do need to continue to pray yes. mm -hmm. that the members of the Supreme Court, yes. uh, that we will get a the ruling that we're looking for. Because yeah. there's probably tremendous pressure mm. on these yeah. constitutionalists. But John Roberts, he's got a steel backbone. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly so the kind of thing I'm talking about. You don't have to worry about. about that guy. Yeah. If by steel you mean jelly, then I would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, you could you could overturn you could support the Mississippi law even without him. Well, um, and they may support somehow support the Mississippi law without addressing. I know. A, a I know. more a broader. So I, I'm we'll, just, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm we'll saying see what happens. Keep praying, yeah. folks. Yeah. All right, keep thank praying. you, Abe. Appreciate it. Look forward to hearing you, you this afternoon, brother. Thank you very much, guys. Okay. Good to be back with you. Okay, thank you. Or in, uh, as we say here in Tupelo, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much. All right, so you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. By the way, fellas, I was looking at a article which has the produced by Americans United for Life, which is a national pro-life group. Right. And I don't know how exactly they came up with this rating or ranking, but they ranked the Top 10 most pro-life states. They list them all 50, but I don't have time to go through them all. Uh, all 50 um, states. from. So what I'm about to list is 10, uh, 1 through 10. I'll go in reverse. Most What the Americans United for Life has said is the most pro-life states in the country. Uh, I'll just do 20. How about that? Nebraska, 20. Ohio, 19. Michigan, 18. Utah, 17. Georgia, 16. North Dakota, 15. Tennessee, 14. Kentucky, 13. Texas, 12. Alabama, 11. The 10 most pro-life states in America, number 10, Missouri, number 9, South Dakota, number 8, Idaho, number 7, Kansas, number 6, Mississippi, number 5, Indiana, Number four, Oklahoma. Number three, Arizona, surprisingly. Hmm. And number two, uh, Louisiana. And number one, Arkansas. Arkansas is listed as the most pro-life state in the country, according to the uh, Americans United for Life. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so uh, we pray that uh, the de decision will come down in June, mm -hmm. that uh, Mississippi law was upheld us making almost all these pro-life laws that have passed, maybe all of them, especially in the last two or three years, in some of the states I just mentioned, will be said to be constitutional and valid. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Next story, Fred. Well, like we've talked about, education, I, I believe, is, and I heard an interview on this this morning, education probably is going to be the number one issue uh, for Americans voting this fall. Uh, much like what happened in Virginia in November, parents up there found out about what their kids were being taught at school, what was on the school shelves. So that was Virginia. There's some other states now we're starting to see this, but I have to admit I was shocked 
when I read this story a few days ago of what was happening in Madison County, Mississippi. Uh, A mom brought to the attention of the school board there the kind of garbage that was on the shelves of school libraries in Madison County, Mississippi. Now, Madison County is just north of the capital, Jackson. And the she read some of the content of the books that are on the shelves that kids are exposed to. I can't even read on the air. It right. is double R rated, if that's possible. Just absolutely disgusting. So kudos to her. Uh, Mass Resistance, the group Mass Resistance, uh, was part of the effort to expose these books. Arthur uh, Shopper talks about the efforts in Madison County, uh, Mississippi, to get rid of the extreme, basically pornographic books that were on the school shelves. Cut number eight. To be clear, every major medical association agrees Our that gender... Our key point of contact there, she read selections of the books to the school board so that they were forced to hear what they're allowing the, the children in that school district to have access to the resilience and the and the perseverance that these parents showed is what really made the difference they kept showing up they kept speaking out and then finally at the april 4th school board meeting uh they had to hear you know fully uh what those books contained and then they started taking steps to get them out this so, what was interesting about this is that these parents, when this uh, individual from Mass Resistance, it's a Massachusetts group, hmm. um, uh, when he's talking about th- these parents persisted. Yes. Okay. They started this in December. Yes. At the December meeting, mm-hmm. January meeting, they're getting promises. Yeah, we'll look into it. February meeting, we're looking into it. March meeting, yeah, we're looking into it. Obviously, the parents said, no, they're not. They're stonewalling us. April, they show up and read into the public record what the kids are being taught. And that is what triggered the actual response from the school board. You know, it's interesting. So this started, as you said, in December. I think Virginia and what the parents discovered up there and some other issues has what prompted a lot of parents across the country now. Gee, I better find out what my kids are being taught. Right. Critical race theory being taught in classrooms. I'm going to find out what's on the bookshelves. I'm going to find out. The other, I guess, shocking part of this is a lot of people may have figured, well, Mississippi, buckle of the Bible belt. We don't have to worry about those kinds of things. But this Madison County story, Madison County, Mississippi, shows don't take for granted that you may be in small town Mississippi uh, and, oh, these kind of books will never appear on my right. kids' uh, shelves. No. Investigate. Find out, which is what these parents did. And then they had to work on a school board for months before the school board did anything. And don't forget, the the federal government, the Biden administration, tried to intimidate these parents after what happened in Virginia. Yes. Okay, you remember the National School Board Association working with the Justice Department yes. to get these parents considered to be uh, domestic terrorists. Yes. Okay? That could have squelched all this, but these parents said, I don't care what you call me. Mm-hmm. This is our town, our city. These are my kids, 
and you on the school board and you in the public schools are answerable to us, the parents. Yeah. So that is another way in which these parents persevered because they could have been, they could have been uh, subjected to fear and intimidation and backed away. But a lot of these parents just won't. Yeah. I want to say congratulations too to Alabama. Alabama has passed a law that's protecting girls' sports. Yes. In in, in that state. Uh, so it's encouraging to see this way, but as you were saying, expect opposition. And Alabama has faced some very open opposition from the White House. Jen Psaki uh, the other day says everyone knows the best thing for children is to let them transition and who are legislators to stand in their way. Cut number nine. To be clear, every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. All of this begs an important question. What are these policies actually trying to solve for? LGBTQI plus people can't be erased or forced back into any closets, and kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are without the threat that their parents or their doctor could be imprisoned simply for helping them and loving them. Uh, President Biden has committed in both words and actions to fight for all Americans and will not hesitate to hold these states accountable. That, that is an evil lie, which he just said. Yes. The fact of the matter is the vast majority of young people, I'm talking about 75, 77, 80% of young people who in junior high school, now this is an older study, but I think the numbers probably get even larger, who in junior high school are confused about their sexual orientation or their gender identity by the time they get out of high school have basically overcome that confusion and have settled into normalcy, all right? What's happening now is that kids who are confused are being told, just like what Jen Psaki said, they're being told, you are gay, Mm -hmm. you are transgender, and here are the steps you should take, thus trying to lock these kids into something that they could very well just grow out of. And this is, I hope in five years, this turns out to be uh, that we find out what I think this is. It is hysteria and criminal what these adults are doing to these children. And shame on the Biden administration and shame on Jen Psaki for implying that anyone can know what these kids would turn out to be when they're children and are showing some confusion. Well, she said at the end there uh, that the Biden administration is fighting for all Americans. No, they're not fighting for for girls' sports. Right. That's for sure. They're not fighting for the right of parents. You remember how uh, the White House has dumped all over Florida for bringing in this law that says parents have a right to know what their kids are being taught and that schools don't have a right to indoctrinate little kindergartners right. on such things as transgender. I just, I just see a movement in this country, a real wake-up that's going on. And, and, and there's a poll, nearly 70% now say they're less likely to do business with Disney. Uh, Disney now has come out very transgender right. and are going to be out there running ads pro-transgender. 70%, including... Amongst those voting, 48% who identified as Democrats. Right. This is not a winning issue. This is not a winning issue for well, the White can, House. They can't back out of it now. They they have. Well, this is what Bill Maher was. War- Bill Maher, the liberal. Joe Scarborough, the liberal on MSNBC. These are Democrats, voters, 
typically who are very liberal, but they're they're warning the Democrat Party leaders, you're going to get wiped out in November because uh, Joe Scarborough said, do we have that, by the way? I think Steve's bringing that story. We have Bill Maher. We have Bill Maher. Do we have time? We don't have time for it, do we? Anyway, basically, basically, you got liberals warning their. James Carville said the same thing. Liberals warning Democrats that America is not crazy left like you are. Right. (laughs) Yes. And 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 it's going to really hurt you in the in upcoming elections, both local and national. Now, Bill Maher didn't say no uh, exactly like that, but. Carvel's warned against this. Uh, Scarborough was warning against this. Well, P- even people, uh, uh, I, I, even people like Nancy Pelosi. Now, maybe not on these issues. She's completely in with the LGBTQ movement. But even someone like Nancy Pelosi. Remember early on in her battles with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, mm-hmm. they the establishment Democrats understand the danger for their party in linking arms with these radicals. And I frankly think it's too late. They, they have linked arms. Yeah. That, because the, the radicals are becoming the mainstream. For the Democrats. For the Democrats. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, at least they're, 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 they're gaining enough influence to have at least to call the shots. Yeah, they uh, can't turn away from them now because then those people would not come out and vote Democrat. Right. They'd stay home. Right. All right, we shall take a break right here. And we shall. That's what I said. (laughs) We shall take a break right here, and then we will return with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. Steve Jordahl will be up next. Thank you, Fred. You're welcome. All right. Stay with us, everybody. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.